Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Coach Schneider. And you're listening to the 147th Church Mag Podcast. Why do churches think that stewarding junk is more Christian than stewarding space? My guess is that while most churches have a process for acquiring things, no church has an official operation for getting rid of things. This week's podcast is brought to you by Finding Faith Inside the Big Blue Box, a Whovian's 30-day devotional. Written by our very own Phil Schneider, Phil uses Doctor Who as a backdrop for this 30-day devotional that will walk you through basic elements of your Christian faith in full Doctor Who fashion. You can purchase Finding Faith in the Big Blue Box on Amazon or directly from Church Mag Press at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week, Phil and I talk about old tech. From soundboards to closets full of sermon cassette tapes, what do you do with old technology? We would love to hear from you, so send us a message using the CMAGCast hashtag or email us directly at podcast at churchmag. Oh, and when you get a chance, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really means a lot to us. Now, let's have some fun. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Phil Schneider. Jeremy should be joining us sometime soon, hopefully. he's he's uh, has his hands full with his newborn baby daughter. Uh, she was born, as we were recording this, she was recorded, uh, as she was recorded, haha. As we recorded, uh, she was born last week. No, the week before last. We didn't podcast a delivery, did we? Because I wasn't on for that, and I don't think it's really appropriate. No. <laughs> no um oh interesting thing we a couple weeks ago we recorded the episodes about doctor who and then uh it dropped last week or this week this gets really confusing when you record a week ahead or two but anyway um i saw the day that we dropped the podcast that that the front runner is a female doctor. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw. Him. So I just it, I'm, clearly we didn't publish that podcast any too soon. But yeah. basically, we said, look, it's probably not going to be a female doctor. See, it's funny though that P- Peter Capaldi was not a front runner last time. There was somebody else. Everyone was convinced was going to win it, and then they didn't get it. And Peter Capaldi was a Peter, Peter Capaldi was a total dark horse. But is there always a dark horse? No one knew Matt Smith was going to get it, and no one knew David Tennant was going to get it. I, I will say, you know, despite some of the different geek sci-fi quote-unquote problems or things they would have to explain if they if they change sexes on on the doctor uh, part of me it wouldn't be surprised if they would do that considering some of the choices they've made in the past as far as script and storytelling writing and some of the um social issues that that sci-fi is so um so uh willing to tackle that that mainstream drama isn't it wouldn't surprise me if the, if they would if they would make the next doctor female um i would be curious however if they would they would consider a a a, a taking a different race approach as well that that would actually that would actually be an easier jump um than actually changing the sex of the doctor but you know they can it's sci-fi so in some ways you can explain explain anything oh yeah totally well if you remember i just watched uh rewatched hell bent last night and in that episode movie movie episode the doctor um spoiler alert he this is the season ender for season nine, which is a year and a half ago. So he he shoots he shoots this guy on Gallifrey, this um, general, and he dies or regenerates into a woman, and the woman comes up and says, "Oh, finally back to normal." And how, 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 it's been so long on that um, stuffy male body. How do you? And he looks at one of the male 
soldiers nearby and says, how do you live with all that ego? So it, they could do it. I just, I think it makes a very weird, very weird character dynamic. Yeah, it'll be inter- in- interesting to see as, uh, I don't want to say a long-term Doctor Who fan, even though it's been, I've been following it for, for several years and, and caught it from the past episodes. Um, I know there's, there's plenty of people who followed it back during the, uh, you know, the old, old before the reboot. To me, those are the longtime fans, but it's curious to see, um, cause as we've talked before in the podcast, how science fiction is a front runner often on social issues. And so it will be, it will be curious. Yeah. Till, till this one appears to be the, the fan favorite for some, although Haley Atwell has got quite a bit of support as well, where, um, the females are concerned, but Eddie Redmayne, the guy who did, um, Nudes Commander and Fantastic Beats, Fantastic Beasts, Fantastic Beats is my rap album. Um, he, he, uh, he wants it to, but we may discuss it further, uh, once they do make an announcement and we have Jeremy on, cause I'd be curious to hear what his thoughts on the issue. Uh, this wasn't actually the topic. I just wanted to touch on that since we had, since we talked about it on the last podcast. I, I teased last week. Uh, that we would talk about what to do with old tech. And so, uh, so it doesn't get lost in the script writing as Jeremy, as Jeremy teased. Um, uh, we said we'd go ahead and talk about that, about that this week. You know, there are many church techs who open up a closet and find, or maybe a church secretary opens a closet or goes into an attic and finds boxes and boxes of old sermons on cassette tapes. I know, I know it happens. It must happen. It's, I've seen it happen. I've heard about it happening. But what I'm curious is to know what people do with them. You know, do you actually take the time to convert the analog to digital? The, the, the time, the cost, is it worth it? Is this something whereby it's something that you just need for a short period of time? And if, if people ask for a copy and you, you keep, you know, um, you, you, you keep a year's worth in, in the can, so to speak. You know, maybe the digital age has made this easier because we can we can back files up for long periods of time and it doesn't take up physical space, so we don't recognize it as much. I don't know what Phil have have what kind of um, have you ran into it? Do you have any thoughts on 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 ancient ancient <laughs> old sermons that may or may not still be preserved on cassette tape? Yeah, I have some thoughts. I think it depends upon. So, okay. If you're looking at cassette tapes, this is probably from a ministry or a minister, I would say, what, 10 years prior? Don't you think? Okay. So you ask yourself, were you there, church then? Were you there? Okay, you were there. Okay. You know that pastor or, okay, who those sermons are from. Do you think those sermons are worth preserving? <laughs> you know, like I've had some pastors before, or not pastors, I shouldn't say, but I've known some pastors that... um they're competent speakers, but their sermons really aren't worth preserving for posterity's sake, you know, or their sermons are so like, you know, their best sermons are like the ones they themed around Braveheart. And so <laughs> that, that sermon's really not uh, going to hit as hard as it did, you know, back in the nineties. So, you know, the, if you know that person, you can say, ah, it's probably aren't really worth it, but maybe I'll pass them on to the, that I'll contact that minister wherever he or she is and pass them on. Um, or if the, the minister was really good or has, you know, then I would go ahead and look at converting those into digital format. I would not just offer them up because this is actually a weird thing. If you found tapes from pastor from 10 years prior, okay, you're looking probably in their tapes, you're looking at possibly 
an older style of ministry that's been saved onto cassette tape. And if you start, you know, offering that up to people in the church, you might invite a nostalgia wave that could cause your current pastor a lot of problems. You know, so I wouldn't start passing around to people unless those folks were particularly close to that pastor or what have you. Um, or if those tapes, if for example, like one of those sermons was like a, a, a really important foundational moment for the church, like a dedication of a new of a new building or a new wing of the church, or like a centennial service, I might you know convert those. Otherwise, I don't I don't think I'd worry about it. I will say when it comes to because that take technology or any kind of magnet me- medium. So th- this would also apply to VHS diskettes, those any kind of magnet based medium um, is, is going to be. Is only going to be preserved for a limited time. Eventually, you're going to have bleed, or just the signal quality is is going to dissipate until it's completely worthless. That's the thing about magnetic me- medium is, is that it, it can transfer, okay, and it can it can just it just ages until you can't hear anything. So if you are going to convert it and you have them, uh, clearly you want you want to test to make sure that uh, that. Anything you want to convert still actually operates, but you know, of course, the quality is going to be diminished. Same with VHS, but don't just think, "Oh, we'll just keep storing these; it's not a problem." You know, we'll just keep storing these if we need them. That's fine. While that's a okay strategy, that's really no strategy at all. That you need to make a choice: are we going to preserve these, or we're we going to get rid of them? Um, because it, magnetic mediums just they don't last. And as far as CDs go, I mean. Those, of course, won't die as easily, but just think about how many computers have CD drives now. It's becoming less and less, so, you know, you can be proactive and avoid that that uh, mysterious find of opening a closet. And can you imagine the spools of CDs of prior messages? I mean, wow. I, I guess in that sense, you might have an easier time just setting those aside for now. But, I mean, is there going to be a time when CD, CD players or, or, or ways to convert those may become more difficult? You know, I don't know. Well, that's why we converted from cassette tape right to digital. Started going right to hard drive. And then at what point do we have similar issues where you have just a backlog? I mean, well, we, 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 use our, we use them for our podcast. And then we, the ones, I think every two years, we pull them off the podcast, but we still store them. We just keep on a hard drive, which is really at that point, you think about it, you make, you make a 45 minute sermon to an MP3, you're looking at less than, less than 200 megabytes. Yeah, a terabyte or two drive the size of a deck of cards would would hold years and years and years. I mean, I, oh, years. Yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know what kind of value that has. I mean, I guess you keep it and you have it and that's that. Um, I, I guess the thing about the, the cassette medium or magnetic medium or even CD medium for that matter is that it does occupy space and that is that, you know, physical space and then therefore it becomes more noticeable, especially with the cassette and VHS stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you did, if you if you videotaped your church and you got it all on VHS, you you probably have to have a room, <laughs> a room to hold your your shelves of tapes. Now I guess, and you know, and if you do back them up digitally, I, I like you were saying there there are there are some things to keep in mind. Like you said, you know, you have to be careful about just putting it out there because you might have, you know, the, what did you call that? Um, nostalgia, wave of nostalgia. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, you know, some things I believe were, you know, could have been for that time and, and not for this time. I mean, people, you know, sermons aren't 
not extra epistles to the Bible, you know? Well, yeah, that's what it is. The Bible is timeless and timely, and sermons are often timely, but not timeless. You know, the Bible was, is actually relevant. Sermons aren't always. Yeah, so I would I would definitely, um, I'd be curious to know what other people do. So you can send us an email, podcast at churchmag, or use the hashtag. I'd be curious to know what, what some of you out there have done when you when you face this approach, you know, face this. You know, maybe there were some pitfalls that you found, you know, not only what did you do, but, you know, what would you have liked to have done? You know, I think the issue here, too, we could probably look at it beyond just the idea of finding a bunch of old media in a closet. How many times have you open a closet and found a bunch of old equipment? That like, oh, all we need to all we need to do is repair that. Oh gosh. Well, you know, like we had a, we had a nice studio monitor we were using as a sub, you know, um, a small room and the cone, uh, tour. Like, oh, I was going to get it reconed. It's still a good cabinet, good driver, good this, good that. And we held on to it for years. We actually, we, we built a building and moved it with us. Oh my goodness. Like Eric, we have crap in our building that was from decades ago and the building is only 12 years old. You know, and, and that's just it is that I think, you know, and that's a great point with the equipment is we need to become a little bit more proactive. I remember there was a time when the church secretary computer, when she got a new one, the old one went to the sound booth. Now the way things have evolved, it's now reversed. Church tech gets a new computer. The old one goes to the church secretary. I mean, things have really kind of flip-flopped. And so I know some churches have a process in getting the most out of their tech. But I think there comes a point when a piece of tech is no longer used within the church. They need to do something with it because then you end up, like you said, you open that closet and it's full of stuff that either needs to be repaired or has become so outdated, it's useless. It's it's not a value to anyone. And, you know, if your church is done using a bit of tech and there's still some bit of life in it, you need to... You need to donate it. Two, if we're gonna, I get the idea of stewarding old tech, okay? Right? I get the idea of you know, trying to be responsible for the money the church has spent. But be responsible with the, with the space the church has, you know? Like how much space are you... Now, we have a whole closet full of... of, of we have two closets full of sound stuff, okay? One is more like for events and one's more for like its parts and, and bits and pieces here and there. And these are closets that can't be used really for anything else, Okay. They're, they're designed for just for storage and it's, and their function is limited to just that. But I remember in our old building, we had a whole room, whole, we had two whole rooms, actual rooms that people could have used full of storage stuff. And most of it was junk. So it's like, you know, why do we, why do churches think that stewarding junk is more Christian than stewarding space? Mm. Wow. 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 That's that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, in 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 reading some of Brian Gardner's uh, the No Cyber Project, you know that that's something that that uh, they would definitely support. You know, saying that you know having more stuff can be a burden. It can be burdensome, and not only that is it gives churches the opportunity to to bless somebody else. You know, even if it's even if it's just as simple as donating it, donating it to the Salvation Army, even if it's even if it's that, you know, to to that scale, not even something that's that that uh, another church can use or or whatever. Which maybe there is. I don't know. It depends on what what the gear is. But this idea of taking old tech and old stuff and just sticking it in a closet because it might have a little bit of value is actually, while it feels like good stewardship, 
It's not. It's actually taking the talent and burying it in the ground. And we all know how that ended up in the parable. Not very well indeed. He took that he took that servant soundboard and he gave it <laughs> but, but master that's that man already has 40 channels <laughs> oh my it's okay he'll link them with dante so so my question for you phil you you said that you found some old blank cassette tapes what did you what did you do with like i know i i know like money wise back in the day those generic white cassette tapes were like 15 15 bucks 15 cents a piece if that so i I know there isn't a lot of value but i'm curious what what you did with them i i think i held on to them for a few weeks to see if anyone thought of a good way of you know using them if a ministry in town used cassettes and then i'm pretty sure i threw them in the dumpster yeah what what else are you doing you can't even you you can barely even decorate with them oh yeah if i don't want your lps they've been sweet right Hang those on the wall. There might be a day where, you know, you could have written mixtape, stuck it. I mean, but I mean, we're talking like the lowest denominator here. We're talking about hanging it on on a temporary, you know, uh, you know, uh, Sunday school room decoration or something like that. Um, See, kids know what a record is. They don't know what a tape is. <laughs> well, watch, unless they watch Guardians of the Galaxy, of course. Well, that, that's a good point, actually. See, now I kept them yeah. for a Guardians of the Galaxy party favor. Yeah. See, there you go. You had an opportunity, Phil. You had an opportunity. Dang it. <laughs> if only I could have seen 10 years into the future. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I think that, I mean, tech, tech is moving, tech does move pretty fast. And so it, it's easy for, for gear to get outdated really quick. You know, it's not like some stuff where you can hold on to. It's not like a power tool, you know, well, we're not using this anymore or, or so many other bits, you know, piece of furniture. Tech, tech doesn't work that way. So if you have a piece of tech and you're not using it anymore, then you need to find somebody who can use it. And if you can't find somebody who can use it, then, then you know, maybe do a generic giveaway or generic donation. Worst case scenario. But poking it into a closet, bad idea. If you open a closet and you find just stacks of old cassettes or old tech that you don't need anymore, stewarding them in some ways is a great, great thing. But perhaps your best response is to ask yourself, what process do we go through in order to purchase things? Is that process properly safeguarding use of church money? Because it, well, it might not be. And there probably should be, if if there is, if your church has processes for spending money like that, which clearly it should, then consider what it would look like to create similar processes for Getting rid of, I, don't, I hate to use the word getting rid of, getting rid of sounds so mean. Uh, dispo, no, not disposing. Hmm. Handling, setting up a formal process in handling things that, that are no longer useful for the church. Because my guess is that while most churches have a process for acquiring things, no church has an official uh, operation for getting rid of things. Uh, absolutely true. Because what happens is, hey, can we get rid of this? I don't know. Better go ask pastor. And pastor's like, you know what? I don't know. Better go ask so-and-so. And there's no no one's, no one's ready to say, you know what? Just junk it. Do you ever watch uh, Mystery Men? <laughs> yeah. Junk it. I want you to junk it. That's what we need. We need a little crusty old lady walking around just telling folks to junk it. Phil, when it's just you and me, and we know it ahead of time, we do pretty well, but when we're expecting Jeremy to be around... <laughs> It's a, it's a little thin. 
It's like it's a little thin. Yeah, it is. You know, we're missing. We're missing the maturity. That's what it is, and the and the emotional stability. That's what. Well, it there's is. no sofa. You see, there's no sofa for no. us. You know. No. So well, we we often we often agree with each other. We need Jeremy here to disagree with somebody. <laughs> I know, right? I joke, I joke. And Jeremy's not a disagreeable person. I'm no, he, he's not. What he's good at is even when he agrees, he knows how to navigate another point of view. Yes, he does. You know, dare I say, devil's advocate. For some reason, you said devil's advocate. I, I, the the Carmen song, which is invitation, popped in my head. You're welcome. You're welcome. Speaking of cassettes. (laughs) (laughs) The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 